Hello, I'm Dr. Jesse L. Grice, founder and uh, senior pastor of Truvine Baptist Church. It's my heart as we welcome you. I welcome you, and I praise God uh, that you will get something from it and bless your life. And in Jesus' name, we love you. It wasn't for the Lord getting up that Sunday morning. We wouldn't be here. Can I get a witness? If it wasn't for God that got up and gave us life in Christ, can I get a witness? We're here to praise his name. We're here to give him glory. And we thank God for our Savior. Oh, he got up. And we bless the Lord. We bless his name. Pray with me for a moment. Father, thank you that our Savior got up that Sunday morning. Thank you that he rose on behalf of us. Thank you, God, that he's still alive and he's standing on the right hand of glory. And Father, we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Touch, O oh God, now, even now. Come by thy spirit, Lord. Move in this place, in these thy people, and bless them. Touch us all, O oh God. Bless this, your servant, O oh God. Think with my mind and speak with my mouth that which you want to say. We ask it in Christ's name. Thank you for all that you're going to do and all that you're doing right now. That one that don't know you as a Savior, may they come today and say, Lord, save me. That one that does know you as a Savior but don't have a church home, God bless them that they are considered this place. And Father, we be careful to give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. For it's in Christ's name we pray and ask it all. And all said, amen. Amen, amen. amen. and amen. Praise God. God bless all of you this morning, online and in, per- and in person. We thank God for you. If you'll be so kind to turn to the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 15, verses 12 through 19. 1 Corinthians, chapter 15, verses 12 through 19. I want to advise all of you that whenever you are listening to worship and going to worship, carry your Bible. I don't care who's standing up. And you, if you don't, they don't have no scripture discount to do like they do back in the old days. Amen. If it ain't the word of God, it ain't worth listening to. 1 Corinthians 15, 12. Is there? Say Amen. Some more may be turning. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 12 through 19. Paul writes, Now if Christ is preached, that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty, and your faith is also empty. Yes, and we have found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ whom he did not raise up, if in fact the dead do not rise. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable. Without question, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of his word. You may take your seats. Welcome again to all of our guests and all of our loved ones, our friends. Thank God for all of you that are online with us, but especially you that are with us here 
in the sanctuary. May God bless you real good. Again, the topic today is there is no resurrection, then what? Think about that for a moment. If Christ did not rise from the dead, then we are sitting here for nothing, missing out on lunch. We're just here. But I'm glad that he arose from the dead. I'm glad that he rose up for me. I'm glad that he rose up for you. And I give God all the praise. Without question, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is central to the Christian faith. Don't let anybody fool you. Don't listen to would-be philosophers. They have no idea what they're talking about. Without Christ rising from the dead, we would have no hope. It is crucial. It is fundamental to what we believe and how we live. Some people say there's more than one way to get on top of the mountain. Well, that might be all right for the mountain, but it ain't all right for getting to heaven. Amen? We need to know that today. Some people say, well, I'm going to come to church and do good and, and all these wonderful things. You can't do good. Why you can't do good? Because we need a change. There's a change that comes over us in Christ the moment we receive him as Lord and Savior. I call it our own default position. For all of you that in IT world, is default. But I'm here to tell you today, without your life being changed by the gospel of Christ and by the spirit of the Holy Spirit, we cannot make it. It is fundamental that we live how we live. There are numerous theories aimed at trying to destroy the historical fact of the resurrection of Christ. Some say that the resurrection of Christ was a hoax perpetrated by his disciples. Think about that for a moment in that particular statement. They are the one that's crying out. They are the one that are going through this grief process because their Savior has been killed. They watched him die. They watched the soldiers take him off the cross. They watched him put him in a barber tomb. They watched him put a, a big old rock over the tomb so nobody can get out or get in. So how can they say that's a hoax? But the world makes up all these kinds of theories and many people have fallen hook, line, and sinker, and now they're lost. Some say that the resurrection of Christ was this hoax. But listen, my friends, all attempts to discredit the resurrection have failed. We serve a risen Savior. We serve a risen Savior who's on the right hand of glory right now, interceding on our behalf. There are some religions, they say that they're, they're uh, whomever that person was, that they are this and that. No, they're not. They serve a God that don't have eyes that can see you. They serve a God that don't have any arms to embrace you. They serve a God that got a mouth but can't speak words of comfort to us. They got a God that has feet but don't go anywhere. But I know a God whose name is Jesus. I know a God who loves me. I know a God who speaks words to me in his holy word. I know a God by the Holy Spirit of God that works in me and works all around me. I know a God. And his name is Jesus. But the dark shadow of disbelief hangs tightly around the hearts and minds of the skeptics and cynics. They attempt to throw the cold water of doubt upon those of us who believe. Don't let anybody tell you that Christ is not real. Do you just tell them the gospel and walk away and let God do the rest? Can I get a witness? 
they had much rather hang on to a questionable theory rather than believe. And my friends, I want to ask you today, if there is no resurrection, then what? These three things I want to talk about. If there's no resurrection, then what? Then preaching is useless. Then fatal, then faith is futile. Then Christ is dead. But I want to let you know today that our faith is not useless. I want you to know today that preaching is not useless. God has already sent me and others to tell you the good news of Jesus Christ. Can I get a witness? Now, let's go back to the Word of God. Now, if Christ is preached, that, we, that he has, has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of, dead, of the dead? As I shared this morning from one of my gospel groups, and they were saying, if God is dead, tell me where his body lies. If God is dead, tell me where he is where his grave lies. If God is dead, who makes a flower's bloom in June? If God is dead, show me. Amen. In that first verse of our text, the Apostle Paul begins by asking a question. And in the next verse, he states an assumption to the question, assuming that Christ is preached and the resurrection occurred. What were the results of his rising from the dead? The death of Jesus Christ was a divine payment for the sin of all mankind. What the cynics and all of those people who disbelieve, what they don't understand and what they won't not, will not believe is that we all have sinned according to the word of God and fallen short of his glory. It don't matter if you're on the upside or the downside or the west side or the east side, downtown or around town, it really don't matter. Wherever we are, we're uptown, around town, down there in the valley, in the barrio, in the hood. It makes no difference. We're all the same. For there is sin in all of us. But all the way to get with Christ, Christ has to come in by his spirit and save us. When we, we give our lives to him, he cleanses us from all sin. When we give our lives to him, now we become children of God. When we give our lives to him, we're on the way to go tell somebody. As I shared this morning, we ought to come and see that God is alive and then go and tell somebody the good news. Can I get a witness? God is already here this morning. He's going to touch somebody's life today. Some of you may not be believing today. Maybe you come to church on Easter out of tradition. I want you to shelve that tradition. And I want you to come. You're going to serve a true and living God. God is not some theory. He is alive. He's God. He is a God-man. And he's great and awesome. And he died on that cross. Many people, they don't get it. That Jesus... This big word we'll use again. Because he's on the cross, shed his precious blood. He became the propitiation for our sins. In other words, it's an atoning sacrifice. Why? We, right now, could not go to God without Christ. We cannot even approach God without Christ. We cannot even talk to God without Christ. Some people are praying, but who are they praying to? If they don't know Jesus, who are you praying to? People say, I'm going to pray for you. Don't be praying for me. Are you saved? You're not saved? I bless you. Don't, don't be praying for me. I don't know what God you're talking about. You may be talking about the wrong God. In case it's all you are, I ain't trying to hear it. I want somebody to tell me what my God says. Somebody to tell me 
what God wants to do in my life and what he wants to do in your life. My friend, you got to know that Jesus is not dead, but he's still alive. And we give him honor, glory, and praise. The death of Christ was a divine payment to God the Father for our sin. And he knew no sin. He, wasn't, he didn't sin at all. No, no deceit or guile was found in his mouth. He's a God-man and he came for us. In other words, Jesus took on all of our sins upon himself. Think about it for a moment. The Lord on the cross, we see the uh, representation through uh, movies and, and through other people even in our community that are uh, visualizing what it's like to be crucified. I don't know about you, but I don't like pain. Amen. I ain't scared. If I break a fingernail, oh, Jesus. Think about the Lord on the cross. He endured that pain, that, that pain six hours one Friday. He bled for you and me. Even the night before, the day before, he was abused and misused, beaten for you and for you and for you and for me. And yet we despise him stricken, according to Isaiah 53. We don't even pay attention except on Easter. Here we come. You got on your Easter clothes? Yeah, I got on mine. But I got Jesus here. What about you? It's all right to dress up, but you ought to be up in Christ. If he's in your life today, you'll know what I'm talking about, that he died for you and for me. My friend, as I said, Jesus took on all of our sins upon himself and redeemed us from the penalty of death. We were all dying. We were all going. The Bible says in Hebrews, is appointed once unto man to die and then the judgment. I'm not afraid of that because I got Christ in my life. When I die and go to, to be with the Lord, the Bible declares to be absent from the body, to be present with God. Oh, you may be crying down here, but I'll be rejoicing up there, praising his holy name. Now, if you don't know God, it'd be good that we cry down here because you're going to be crying down there. Oh, y'all need to hear me this morning. You see, the beloved Apostle John wrote in 1 John 2 and 2, he himself, he is a propitiation for our sins. He is that one who atoned for, the, for us that, we might, that he might pay the sin price for us. And not for ours only, but also for the whole world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. The word propitiation comes from an old English word. Propitiate means to appease. To appease what? He had to appease the anger of God, the Father, against our sin. That's what that means. We've all sinned. So if you're here today and you're not sinned, you, and you have sinned, if you're with us online this morning and you don't know Christ, listen, there's a remedy for you today, right now. You don't have to wait. The Lord will come into your life right now. Thus, propitiation expresses the idea that Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for our sin, which a holy God demanded of man the sinner. As verse 13 indicates, if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not written or not risen. If Christ is not risen and if, if there is no resurrection, then our preaching is useless. Then why preach Christ? 
Well, I submit to you that our preaching is not useless. Nobody might respond today, but that won't upset me because I've done what God asked me. But trust me now that the spirit of the living God and his word moving to you through this preacher is going to be on your heart. If you don't respond, that's on you. If you should die in your sins, hell is where you're going. We don't like to hear those kind of words. That's just too bad. You hear it in the street. You ought to hear it in the church. The preaching of the cross is to them that perish, the Bible said, is foolishness. People make fun of us because you preach the word. You may not be a preacher. You just might be a child of God. But you know something happens when they have the word of God in you. <laughs> you begin to walk around telling people about the name of Jesus. You're not a called preacher, but you're a called child of the king. And as a called child of the king, you're going to tell somebody about somebody that's good. For the Lord our God is good. Our God is better than Campbell's suit good. Mm, God is good. And they'll begin to ask you, how do you know? I know because I got him in my heart. And I want to tell you about him. You don't have to live like that. You can come to Jesus. But many people say, I made my choice. They're like Pontius Pilate. I have written what I have written. They have written their own epitaph. They have written whatever they're going to put on that tombstone. But I want you to know today that my Savior is alive. And he loves you. The preaching of the cross is perishing. Uh, that perish, for those that perish is foolishness. But unto us which are saved... It is the power, the power of God. My friends, Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians 1.18, that's why we preach Christ. There's no resurrection, then faith is futile. Those of you that say you have faith, is it empty? Is it futile? Is it no good? I want you to know in verse 14, it says, And if Christ is not risen, your faith is also empty. I beg to tell you this morning that he has risen. So he puts that to, he puts that to rest. Faith is not futile. Verse 17 says, And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile and you're still in your sins. If anyone today is in our sins, I'm talking about one who does not confess Christ as Savior. You're still in your sins. That's a dangerous place to be. We don't know what's going to happen to us either right now, tomorrow, or the next day. Some people say, I'm going to wait until I get my life together. Then I'm coming to church. And let me tell you two things. One, you just don't come to church. We come to worship. We come to worship God. We say, going to get our lives together. You can't get it together. If I could have got my life together, I would have never come to Jesus. I was in my sin. Some of you are in your sins. But when Christ came into your life, there was a change in you. If there's no change in you and you said you have Christ, then something is wrong. Either God lied or you lied. There is no lie in God. That only leaves one choice. You may say, well, uh, preacher, why are you talking? I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about whoever. If the shoe fit, wear it. That's all I got to say. So John tells us this story of two sisters whose brother had died. Martha, one of the sisters, said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Mary and Martha had faith in Jesus. They, they trusted him. They, they had confidence in him. And Jesus' answer was this, 
I am the resurrection and the life. Though our loved ones die today, yes, we're going to moan. That we're going to grieve. The Bible says there's a time to grieve and a time to stop grieving. But when your loved one dies, there's a time to grieve. But he also said, I am the resurrection and the life. In other words, he can raise that one from the dead, not before our eyes. But if that person knows Christ, in the end, they will be raised to new life. He says to Martha and Mary, I am the resurrection and the life. He, listen to me, friends, he who or she who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live or they shall live. Whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. You said, come on, Rev, how is that so? You just said we're going to die. Yeah, I'm not talking about our physical death. I'm talking about die on a spiritual way. We won't die spiritual. We're going to die in this world unless Jesus come back and take us with him. But we, that we, we, the Bible declares we will die. But Jesus said, if we believe in him, we shall never die. We will not have that second death. The first death is when we leave here. The second death when people pass on to hell or to a crisis eternity. We may die here, but the Bible declares to be absent from the body to be present with the Lord. He's talking about the saved people. One's faith in Christ is not empty. You may not feel like you're all full of faith and so on, but we live this life. God is working through us and strengthening us by our faith. We go through stuff. And so we call on God when it just don't get right. We call on the Lord's name. Or somebody will call on the Lord for us. Anybody pray lately? Maybe I need to say that again on a handful of y'all prayed this morning. Whatever we prayed for, has God not answered your prayer? And there's some that's still answering. He's still working on I prayed about some stuff, and I'm just waiting for him to do it. I'm not waiting to say it. I'm going, okay. I'm ready for the Lord to do that, and he will do it. You see, my friends, one's faith in Christ is not empty. It is not useless or pointless. Some may not yet believe that he rose from the dead, but faith in the resurrection of Christ is eternal life in him. I can't wait. I can't wait that one day I'm going to be with my Savior. I can't wait when I get to be with myself. I want to be like them that wanted to hold him down here on the earth. They want to wrap their arms around him and hold him. And he told him, I have not even risen to the Father yet. Turn me loose. But when I get to be with him in heaven, it's going to be all right. Some people say in song that I, I'm going to see my mama there. Yeah, that's all right for mama and them. But listen, when I get there, I'm not looking for mama. I'm looking for the man got the holes in his hand. I'm looking for the one that got the nail prints in his feet. I'm looking for the one that got the spear hole in the side. His name is Jesus. He, sa he saved me. He blessed me. And I give him praise. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4 says this, For I delivered, Paul says, to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Luke writes in Acts in 26, 23, that the Christ would suffer, that he did, and that he would be the first to rise from the dead, that he did, and would proclaim life to the Jewish people and to the Gentiles. If you're not Jewish today, you Gentiles. So we have the light of Christ in our life. Can I get amen? Therefore, there is a ample scripture evidence that the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead is true. 
No matter where we go today or tomorrow, there's someone that's going to be uh, scandalizing it, as they would say, the name of the Lord. But you put a smile on your face, and then you ask him, do you know the Savior of the world? Don't, don't play no game, do you know the Savior of the world? And they ask you who you're talking about. You tell them you figured it out. Then walk away. There, therefore, there is ample scriptural evidence to his rising from the dead. If there is no resurrection, then Christ is dead. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile, you're still in your sins. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. Let me stop there. Sometime we may run over this and not realizing what verse 18 says. It's not about someone went to bed and went to sleep. It's a euphemism for death. They died. They died. But then do they perish? No, if they knew Christ. And 19, if in this life, if we only have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable. Skeptics and others, non-believers, on the mindset that Christ is dead. They will also have you and me to believe that the resurrection of Christ did not happen and he truly is dead. But all the light that's in you that ought to be emanating from you to those who say those things, they should be ashamed and that God may help them to see that Christ is alive. Many of you are going to go to work tomorrow. And people are going to ask you, did you have a great Easter? You ought to say no. Yeah. You ought to tell them I had a wonderful resurrection Sunday. This ain't about Easter eggs. This ain't about the bunny. This is about the Lord Jesus Christ. We get so wrapped up in stuff like that that we forget about Christ. The bunny can't save you. There ain't no new life in eggs. It's all in Jesus. My friends, they would also have you to, and me to believe that this did not happen. But the gospel of Luke details the events that led up to the resurrection of Christ. Listen to me. It was Sunday morning. The first day of the week following the crucifixion, according to Luke 24, several of the women made their way to the tomb at about daybreak. When they arrived, the stone that covered the mouth of the tomb had been rolled aside, and upon examining the tomb, they discovered the body of Jesus was not there. Consumed with grief and confusion, they left the tomb. But before they left, they greeted or were greeted by two angels, according to Matthew, who asked them, why do you seek the living among the dead? You know, I think I would have been kind of shocked too if I was in a tomb, in a cave, and nobody's alive in there but me. And then I saw this angel, this person, and then he would tell me, why are you looking for the living among the dead? I think I would just left. <laughs> to put it mildly, oh, okay. Have your way. You see, the angel told him, he is not here. 
But I want you to go to somebody else's tomb who claimed to be somebody, who claimed to be a religious leader. I'm not going to guarantee, but I suppose that you're going to find their bones in there. And if you don't believe me, go ahead and get CSI and have them go in there and take, take some tests. And they're going to tell you it's so-and-so. But you can go to Jerusalem today. And you can go where they said that Jesus was in this tomb. And I want you to go in there and take CSI if you want to. And go on in there and tell them to take some tests. First of all, they're going to say, ain't nobody in here. There ain't nothing here but some dirt. But test the dirt. Maybe they didn't have it wrapped up pretty good. No, there ain't nobody here. Then you get the word of God and take it to 1 Corinthians and show them that the Bible says he's not here. He has risen from the dead just like he said. If there's no resurrection of Jesus Christ, then all is lost. Christ is not dead, friends. He is alive and sitting on the right hand of glory, interceding on your behalf and on me. Praise God. Jesus Christ is alive. Beloved, I say to you this morning that the Lord is alive. Yes, he was crucified on the cross. Yes, he hung there six hours one Friday. Yes, he died upon that cross. Yes, they took him down and wrapped him in grave clothes. Yes, they buried him in a boulder tomb. Yes, he laid dead Friday, Saturday, but early Sunday morning. He rose from the dead and declared that all power has been given unto him in heaven and in earth. Yes, the resurrection of the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. The Lord Jesus who now, who reaches out to you, says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Will you? You who do not know him today, you that may be online with us, don't know him, you that are here in the sanctuary, that you might not know him today. Listen, I want you to think about this, that he loves you. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Will you who don't know him as Savior, come, come this morning. Don't wait till tomorrow. Something in your mind and your heart say, well, you got stuff to do today. Why don't you come tomorrow? But I'm here to tell you, we may not have tomorrow. We only got right now. So I want you to come and say, Lord, I need you in my life. Will you come and will you ask Christ, will you trust him as your Lord and your Savior? Will you come and ask the Lord Jesus to save you? Will you come this morning without your pride and say, Lord, I need you in my life? I believe that you are the resurrection and the life. I believe that you were crucified on that cross more than 2,000 years ago. I believe that the soldiers stabbed you in your hands and put the nails in your feet and got the spirit holding your side. I, I believe that you're Christ the Lord, and I desire to know you in my life. Father, I've been waiting and waiting and waiting, but I know today that you are alive, and I want Jesus in my life. You see, Jesus died on that cross when they got bitter sour wine and tried to put it in his mouth. He, he refused it. And he said, it is finished. What was finished? He was finished serving, finished serving, finished doing, finished living, finished telling us about living with him. But he came and he lived for us. 
then he died for us. The Bible says he hung his head and he died. There's no hoax. If you never figured it out, someone on a cross in those days, they had a little... Thank you so much for your attendance and your support of the podcast. We do hope to see you again or hear you again or even talk to me again. And we love you. Thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you.